Welcome to HubShots, the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot. And you're joined by Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and I'm joined by my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Now, Craig, welcome to HubShots, episode 36. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Ian. Great to be here. Now, we're going to kick off straight into our community item, Craig, which is about Facebook. That's right. And in fact, we're talking about Facebook a fair bit in this episode. So it's going to be a mix of strategic and tactical items. And this is a good one. It's come from inbound.org. And so what they had actually was a bit of an AMA, ask me anything kind of Q&A from the community and a whole bunch of Facebook experts. Yeah. Now I get a lot of questions. Does Facebook work for business? Which is very common. And what I'm finding is it does work for business because people are on these mediums at different times of the day, right? So it's about understanding what purpose that they're on there for and then understanding how you can formulate your message to get to them. Yeah, that's right. And I think your experience with customers is similar to mine. A lot of people have this impression that Facebook isn't a good channel for B2B and it actually comes up in this. It's kind of a common question that comes up in this thread with the experts and they give some really good answers. But the key thing I was going to mention that came out, and we've, we have a link to the whole discussion that you can go through, but yes. some of the things that came out is um, you don't actually have to choose one. There seems to be this mindset that says, oh, I'll, I'll go with LinkedIn, right? It's as though I've only got to choose, I can only choose one channel. And some of the answers that came back from the experts were, no, we'll choose both, but it's test and measure, right? Yes. That's always the case. So you've, of course, got to be checking that it provides ROI, but don't feel that it's mutually exclusive. Use them both. So now that was more on the strategy part, Craig. What about tactical? Okay, so there were some really good questions that were asked. And I'll just read out, or I'll kind of paraphrase one that was asked. And someone actually said, what would you suggest for generating leads for a B2B business through Facebook? And I won't read the entire answer, but what I will say is that it covered the various advertising types that you can go through. Yes. So what I thought it was really good is how they would say things like, look, you can actually use it to direct traffic to your blog posts with kind of post engagement ads or website click ads. So these are types of advertising goals that you have and then you can use interests and lookalike audiences to kind of build the um, audience that you're appealing to and then you can use retargeting to actually I gave a really good tip about retargeting you've sent people to your blog yes so with one type of ad uh, but then if they didn't convert on a CTA you can actually retarget to those people that visited the blog post with just an offer for your actual um, ebook or whatever it is that you're promoting so it's a nice way to follow people around now that's just one of many tips don't kind of say oh that's the only tip great just got to do that but the thread is full of these kinds of processes or or suggestions for working with b2b audiences so i think i think that was really valuable now there is one little tip to do with hubspot and that this is really important because it helps with your reporting in hubspot sources there is actually a Report called Paid Social. Yeah, well, there's a new source. Yeah, new source channel in the sources report. Yes. And I think it's really important to make sure that when we're doing these kind of tests that we actually have that correctly named appropriately. That's exactly right. And we did cover this on a, a previous episode, just some of the technical details around that, and we can, we can link to it. But what this highlights, I think, is that HubSpot see the importance of social as a channel, for, and a lot of their, their customers are actually B2B uh, businesses. So Correct. the fact that they've called that out as a separate channel in their reports, Correct. paid social, just highlights how much importance this has for marketers today. 
Yeah, and I think the key is that you can test different things here, like from promoting a piece of content to start off with, if that's what you want to start with, just to see where who you can reach, what sort of results you get, because I think that's really important. Like you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You can spend as little as $5 getting out to, to the right kind of people. So test it out, if that's what I would say. Test the measure. Totally agree. Now, on to our inbound thought of the week, Craig. Yes, speaking of HubSpot. <clears throat> so we talk about this every week, I know, and we, we do want you to join us, but we're joining forces with Moby. That's, yes, that's from Red now, Pandas. From Red Pandas and his Inbound Buzz podcast. And so we're going to have a meetup over in Boston for people that are attending. But the question I actually wanted to ask people that are um, interested in doing that is what's the app that we do that with? Because last year they used WhatsApp and now we're saying... yes. Should we use Facebook group or Facebook Messenger or something like that? So we're going to have a little poll. We'll put this on Twitter probably. And uh, yeah, I'd be interested what apps or platforms people are using to kind of stay in touch. Yeah, and I think that this is what we're seeing. And we'll touch on this a bit further down in the show notes, even using Facebook Messenger on your website, right? Right, that's right. Exactly. Like that is a really interesting thing. And we discussed this in a previous episode is that people might want to use that as a channel to communicate with you when they start off without actually making a call or filling out a form. And it's really important that you're active on that and, and got your notifications turned on so you can respond in a timely, appropriate manner. Totally agree. All right, so that's inbound. But you know what? It's time for another prediction. Yes. What is this prediction, Craig? <laughs> okay. And as we always say, my prediction is basically who I want to see there. Yes. But I'd really like to see Whitney Johnson as a speaker at Inbound. Now, she's written a book called Disrupt Yourself, and I just finished yes. that this morning. It's a really useful book, and I, I think I would call it... Now, she was a big Wall Street banker kind of investment analyst and uh, made her career there, was very famous. And then she's kind of reinvented herself in various ways. And her book is it's more around personal development and for people and companies that are looking to kind of go through that S-curve of growth. You know, you kind of pick up and then yes. you accelerate. Yeah. And uh, so it's a very, I found a very um, challenging and useful book to read. And I, th I think she'd be a fantastic speaker and totally in line with some of the other speakers that they've already announced. So Craig, one thing that really stood out in the book for you, what was it? Uh, well, there's a few things. She really talks about the kinds of barriers that people get into. And of course, comfort is a key one that we all kind of, if we have some measure of yes. success in yeah. our careers. So there's those kind of comfort barriers. But she also talks about entitlement barriers. People thinking, oh, you know, I should have got this and I didn't. So I won't try those kinds yeah. of things. And then also how to process failure. And I think that's that's a key thing for it depending on your personality type, the way you kind of respond to failure. Some people are very risk uh, takers. They're happy yes. to take risk and failure is part of it and that's fine. Yep. And then there's others that are much more kind of, um, I guess, sensitive to those kinds of things. And just mm. she goes through ways that you can kind of approach failure. It's, yep. it's um, as it says, failure is not an option. And she kind <laughs> of says, that's right, because it's inevitable. It will happen. So Correct. it's not optional. You will fail at some point. That's how you, how you deal with that. And if I draw that back to what marketing managers would do and what we do in our businesses, you know, there are things that you're going to try out and think that's going to be a sure bet, which will fail. And you've just got to know where to cut your losses and what to tweak and try again. It's all about testing and measuring. And I think you've got to have that attitude with life. It's about understanding who you are, where you're at, 
and then making sure you make the best of it wherever you are. And it's also evaluating that because if something does fail, if you if you should aim to learn a lesson from it, right? Yes. So we can try some things with marketing. I think that's that's a nice way that you put that. That we can try new things. Uh, we can test and measure. And but as part of that test and measure, it's not okay. I measured it and it failed. It's actually well, I measured it and I learned this about Correct. what did work and what didn't. Here's how that's going to influence our next campaign, for example. Now, that leads so well to the next HubSpot feature and tip of the week, Craig. And this is probably something that they've, like HubSpot, have been testing and understanding and bringing uniformity to product. And one thing they did is they moved the contacts menu item back just after the dashboard to bring it in line with, with all the other products. Now... I think that's a great, great move. I think this is the reason, and you might say, why have we included this in the podcast? You know, okay, a navigation change, a menu navigation change. Why are we talking about this? What's really interesting about this is that this wasn't, you know, so, you know, if you work in a startup, for example, I've done this plenty of times. Someone says, oh, how about we move the navigation here? Dong, it's done. You know, no <laughs> one's, no one even knew, no one planned it or something. This hasn't been done lightly. No. They've made a they've made a calculated. Uh, calculated decision, and it does when you once you've seen contacts moved right to the more to the start, you kind of go, oh yeah, of course that yep. makes much more sense. Yep. Uh, in fact, I can't believe they had it like that previously, but we just got used to it. What I think is interesting about this is that this would have been planned out as a campaign because at least when it happened, you got the little pop up within the product. Yes, they actually had it as a news kind of an update as well. So this has actually been part of a campaign. And why I think this is interesting to call out is because often as marketing managers, we kind of make these little differences or little changes kind of on the fly. Someone decides this, no one actually planned it. I actually want to say sometimes the minutiae, the details are really important, like this example highlights. And so also with our marketing, we can't just go suddenly changing things like a navigation equivalent. We actually need to plan it out and make sure there's a good way of communicating that to everyone. And so when I was talking about bringing consistency, if we if you use the CRM, it is in line with the CRM, which I've been using since it's been out. Right. So it's really to bring consistent behavior because everything looks has the same colors and has the same format. So I can understand the frustration is you, you kind of switch from CRM into marketing. You're like, oh, I clicked the wrong thing. So this, will, this kind of highlights the importance of these little things that make a big difference to people. All right. You know what I'd like to hear? I'd like to hear a marketing joke. Marketing joke. All right, Craig. Come on, Ian. Hit me. How much does a hipster weigh? <laughs> How much does a hipster weigh? An Instagram. <laughs> That's a ripper. You know, I actually went searching on Google. I searched marketing jokes because I thought, oh, I'll see if there's anything funny. <laughs> I don't know if there was. I, I laughed at something. But you know what the first first uh, result was? HubSpot, HubSpot. Bot blog. HubSpot <laughs> blog marketing jokes. What haven't they thought of, these guys? Great example of content. And then, you know what the number two? It was from another marketing automation company. Yes. Which makes sense, marketing jokes. But it was two years after the HubSpot one. And yep. it basically had the same content as the HubSpot one. <laughs> I was just like, I wonder where they got their content from. <laughs> Uh, actually, you know, one thing I did pick out of that uh, piece of content, which is really interesting, as I read it, even though it was a few years old, they'd actually updated the blog post and said, here was some, uh, I think they put another six 
six jokes from people that actually commented on the blog. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And Damesh was one of the people yes, who commented. That exactly. So here's a tip for you guys. You know, look at look at your content. Look at if people have commented about stuff and see whether you can use those comments to actually update the main piece of content and make it better and more relevant to people. Great tip. All right, Craig. Now we are going to... More HubSpot in Sydney. Yes. How exciting is this? I've seen this been happening around the country. So this is um, the Grow with HubSpot series. And Sydney is coming up in June. And I'm very excited because Kip is coming down, who's the CMO of HubSpot. Yeah, that will be good. So 22nd of June, we've got a link to it in the show notes. Make sure you register. Now, we actually asked HubSpot, I wanted to check with them whether this was actually for everyone or whether it was just people that weren't uh, uh, familiar with HubSpot or whatever. And uh, Ryan um, Bonici from uh, HubSpot came back and he said, no, it's for anyone that wants to learn more about inbound marketing. So it's not really about hitting you, slamming you with product demos or things like that. It's really much more of a strategic and educational piece around inbound marketing. So who I think this would be ideal for is marketing managers who are familiar with inbound and familiar with um, HubSpot, perhaps you're using HubSpot product. Great for you to come along because as you said, Kip Bodnar is going to be there. He's going to be talking about the future trends in marketing. So that's great for you. Bring your team along as well. And especially if they're not all sold, they're not all in on inbound yet. Correct. Because a lot of this will just put the put it all into context for them. So as a marketing manager, the stuff that you've been doing, trying to build your marketing team to have an inbound approach and talking with sales, bring a few of them along so that they can get to understand the concepts and see the real value and the benefits that it provides. Now, it does only go for half a day. So it starts at about 7.45, I think, with coffee and a bit of breakfast and then finishes just around, just after lunch. So it's not the whole day out, but I think it's fantastic. And you know what, this is a, if you want to dissect this landing page that, that they've put together, really well done. Yes, it is. Nice example. So, you know what, it's, it's, it really takes you through what the expectation is, what you're going to get. Very easy to understand where it's located and what you need to do to actually sign up. So encourage you all to actually, if you're in Sydney, to go along. Yep. Uh, I'm, I've registered. You've registered, Ian. I have too. Looking forward to it. Now, Craig, motivation of the week. Now, this is uh, something I found. <laughs> this is really interesting, isn't it? What Google's kind of mentioned, some of the trends that they're looking at with them that were announced at their I.O. conference. Yeah, and it, it was interesting from the perspective of this is really understanding what's ahead of us and where they see things going. And I just, I just picked out a little bit of this. It's about everything tying in together. So as everything converges technology devices what people know about others because you're logged in on your mobile in facebook you're logged in on your computer through facebook or through google whatever it is like people know like you're using multiple devices so as this all transitions it's going to make a whole change right one of the things that was really interesting about the blog post was it talked about having an assistant and that assistant being google right but it said the assistant is an ambient experience that will work seamlessly across all devices and contexts. A lot of buzzwords there. What's that actually mean? What's an ambient experience? That is a good point, Craig. 
The ambient experience. I think I think what I would say is it's about creating this seamless experience. And one of the things that I talked about previously with a lot of content and stuff that we're doing is what is the context of it? Like you can have the content, yes. but what's the context? And so now they're talking about even devices and context on that device. So I think that becomes a real key. But what they're saying is, and I'll read the next part, it said, so you can summon Google's help no matter where you are or what the context. It builds on all your year, on our years of investment in deeply understanding users' questions. Users' questions being the really important part, right? Remember we talked about questions last week and about understanding as people move towards voice and yes. about these different devices that they're bringing out. Voice becomes a really big key and people communicate and ask questions when they need something. So I know Apple, like they was talking about the next MacBooks and the Apple TV or the device like the Amazon Echo, right? It's like you're talking to someone. It's like, Craig, can you pass me? Can you tell me what the weather is today? Because I haven't been outside and experienced the coldest day we've had in Sydney for a while. And that's what it's going to be about. So even when we're talking about content, that's going to be a really big key. It's like, how are we addressing these questions given the context that the person's in? I think that's a really interesting area. And you picked it up with the Amazon Echo, which for people who aren't familiar with that, it's a little kind of cube or a little kind of box that sits yes. in your living room. And you can just talk to it and ask it to order you things from Amazon. And I think one of the things that Google announced in I.O. was a similar kind of device. I've just forgotten what they... It's called Google Home. Google Home, right. Yep. And there's rumors that uh, Apple's building one as well. And all uh, It's going to become very kind of the norm. Correct. And I think that where that fits in with that ambient experience is just that idea that I don't have to make a specific change, such as getting my phone out of my pocket and clicking it open and all those kind of things. It's just I just say it because it's there with me. And you're quite right. So we need to be thinking about, well, how's marketing going to get involved in this? Because at the moment, it's very techy, geeky kind of thing. But it's not going to be long before marketing finds a way to actually um, interact in that channel. Yeah, I don't know whether you've actually realized, and I'm going to talk, so there's Google, there's obviously Google Home, but there's this other thing called Allo. And it's a new messaging app that Google are going to be using. And, it's, and it basically completes this Google Assistant one thing that I've noticed in Google search is that if there's a piece of content, right, and it really serves the serves the user, I've actually no, noticed that Google is actually taking that main bit of the content and actually displaying it in the search result. So that you don't even have to click to go to the site. Right, like Google snippets. And yeah. Like, yeah. So I think like even that's going to be more and more prevalent as we move along and as things change. It's all about giving people what they want before they even ask for it. That's exactly right. And just to just to kind of extend that a bit, I think that why we'd mention that kind of uh, future thinking in terms of this podcast is because this really is where marketers need to be thinking about how they can best provide value in those channels. And as we've often said, it's becoming a, a lot more kind of person to person and uh, the blast or the kind of the shotgun approach is there's not as many channels for that. Here's an example where that's kind of becoming a very personal kind of device you talk to and how marketing gets involved and provides value. That's really what marketers need to be thinking about or probably CMOs and senior managers over the, over the next year or two because this is not a five-year, 10-year thing. This is next 12 months. This is exactly. Be... Yeah. All right. And we'll, we'll discuss this more later on because there's so much I can actually pull out of that piece of content, but we'll dissect it a bit more. 
Now, Craig, this is another thing that leads to, which is really interesting, is about people that use news across social. And it was a study done by... Yeah, this was the Pew Research Center. Yes. And why this is really useful for marketing managers and marketing directors is because they did a survey of American social media users and they're asking them how do they get their news. And so I kind of, we all have our preconceived ideas of how people get their news. And I kind of thought, oh, Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter, that's how they'd get their news. And uh, actually the results were different to what I thought. And we'll read out some of them, like Reddit was kind of number one. And this was basically just to explain how they calculated it. If you used a particular social channel, what percentage of those users got their news from that channel? So it's not about overall number of users of each channel, but what percentage of the users got their news. And this was really interesting because Reddit was by far the top. 70% 70% of Reddit users get their news from Reddit, Reddit. which yeah. is really high. So it's a it's a channel for news. Facebook and Twitter for next, but then Tumblr. LinkedIn was way down. This, I know. This, I know. You know what surprised, surprised me? me? It was Instagram. Instagram was above YouTube and um, LinkedIn. So people are getting their news from Instagram, right? So to me, that I never would have thought that's the case. No. But the whole point of this and why I think marketing managers need to be looking at these kinds of research studies is because it goes back to that you've got to challenge your own preconceived thinking or people say they go with their gut and all that. You've got to not go with your gut. You've got to go with the data. You've got to find out the channels that work. So this is a really useful uh, piece of research and uh, we we probably should dig into this uh, a bit more in future episodes as well. Correct. Now, please note that this was a study of people in the US, not in Australia or Asia Pacific. Good point. So just be aware, it might be slightly different here, but this is a great starting point to understand where people are getting their news from on different social channels. That's an excellent point. And you know what that also highlights? Because if you're a multinational, yeah, this is great for you, US targeting, but you need to go and find another research findings to check that that meets with the Australian uh, behaviours as well. Yeah. All right, Craig, this is a community item of the week, and I really like this one. It's from Tom Critchlow. And you probably noticed on websites, you get these um, live chat clients. So it basically gives you the ability to chat to people who are on your site who might need some help, might actually need answers quickly. And it's worked really well. Like we've got a few clients we've implemented and got great results. Now this is taking an interesting spin on it because this is installing Facebook Messenger. So you can basically, people could message you through Facebook directly while being on your site. And I, I love the thought of that because it's, a, it's another good platform to actually engage with your users. Yeah, this was excellent. And Tom actually wrote this um, after... Facebook's F8 conference a month or two, a month or so ago, and it was yeah because they were adding all these bot facilities to Facebook Messenger and things like that. He's like, well, how can I get that on my site? So this this post is actually a bit more technically minded. So it's if you're the more the geeky nerdy person, you want to get this going at your site, give it a go because it's really good, and it really does uh, give you that ability to link straight to them. Most people are on Facebook, and you know, a couple of episodes ago we were talking about identity. Yes, and that whole idea you really a bit of a hurdle going on chat is oh, I've got to say who I am and then Facebook message bang straight there yes you're absolutely right Craig I just had a funny you shared this with me today I had a customer who we did uh, their Facebook for them and no one's really engaged with us on that platform and then on Friday someone actually messaged and said look 
And they actually asked a really good, they asked a really good question because they wanted finance for something, right? And they actually gave a lot of information. I was like, wow. But it was really interesting because my our customer said, oh, they haven't given their number or anything. And I said, no, but that's not the point. The point is they're engaging us on this platform. Now, you know where they are. We knew where they, where they were. It even said what company they worked for, what their name was. So they're already um, verified. I said, let's have a conversation with this person on a channel that they feel comfortable using. Now, if at a point that they want to transition off this channel or you need to have a conversation, then say, look, do you mind if I call you? Or here's my number, can you please call me? Because that's where that's the way they want to do business right now. And I said, don't try to push them off there just because we want to push them off there. Just keep the conversation going and then see what happens. Fantastic. Now, Craig, podcast of the week. Okay, a new podcast for you. This is the Seeking Wisdom podcast. Go to seekingwisdom.io or search for them on iTunes. Now, what do you love about this podcast, Craig? I, okay, so basically, I it's funny how I... You know what? I'll tell you how I found out about this podcast because I think this is a marketing tip in itself. Yes. I read Medium. Did yes. you know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned that every episode. Love Medium. So I was reading Medium and there's a guy on there, Dave Cancel, who's talking about some of the marketing tips he's using with his business and then right at the end, so the, his post wasn't a big promotion for the podcast. He just says, oh, by the way, I'm the co-host of this podcast. I went, oh, great. Seeking Wisdom. I'll try it out. Checked it out. Subscribed. And now I'm listening to it. And so the, the most recent episode I listened to was talking about the, the value of having one big goal for your company. And for his company, it was about signups. So the whole lead generation Final is all about signups that might not apply with your business, could be something different, could be customer retention, could be, you know, nurturing, whatever. So that's what the episode was about. It was fantastic. But it's all about how to be more productive and focused in your business. And I think this is useful for marketing managers and sales managers and all kinds of entrepreneurs, actually. So there's my tip and found it on Medium. There you go. There you go. And we've had a little discussion around this, which is fantastic. And we'll share a bit more as we go along the path. Now, finally, Craig, app of the week. Now, we've got two apps and they're both Facebook related. One is Pages. So this is the Facebook Pages Manager. So if you're in a business and you're, and you're managing a page, this is a great tool because you can use the Messenger feature from there as well. You can see the stats. You can promote the page. You can do quite a few things. And it kind of separates it from your standard Facebook app where you do a lot of your personal things on. So that's one. The next one is Facebook groups. Yes. And I like this as well because it just it, it is only focused on the groups that you're part of. And I'm part of a number of Facebook groups. I find them really useful. But lately, I've really been trying to avoid Facebook because the news feed just sucks me into this what vortex. Is it? Vortex. It's like a or what they say, click hole. I love that. <laughs> click hole, you know, where you just get sucked in. So I'm on Facebook so much managing ad campaigns and that for customers and things like that. I just kind of, I'm trying to avoid the newsfeed because I just find it so distracting. So these two, you know, kind of single focus apps, one, as you said, for managing pages, and the other for managing groups are really useful. They make me more productive. I can yes. just focus on the things that provide value. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Two apps for the week. Now, we're at the end of the show. We'd love to hear your comments, feedback, and if you'll be joining us at Inbound because we want to make it a great experience. So any feedback, please get in touch with us. Send us an email, 
we'll get back to you. Yeah. And in fact, we'd love your questions because, you know, we raise all these things about Facebook, right? And we, yes. we deal with this every day. We're doing so much Facebook stuff and we kind of take it for granted. But I know it's new for a lot of people. So if you've got any questions about it, uh, you want us to look at, you know, maybe even just helping you get reporting for Facebook in your Correct. business. That's kind of yes. the first first step. Make sure you're actually accurately reporting. Um, yeah, drop us a line, contact us and we can help you out. Well, Craig, it's been a lovely episode. Until next week. All right. See you then, Ian. See you, Craig. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.